Sentire Media. And we're recording. Good afternoon, good morning, whenever you happen to be listening to us. It is the 1st of November. Thank you so much for downloading the podcast early this morning, 7.30. We've already changed the clocks. My name's Jason. I'm joined by my wife, Ashley. Ciao, dolcetto or scherzetto. Prima novembre, a beautiful Tuesday morning. It is clear and cold. Um, we are up early because we changed the clocks mm-hmm. back on Sunday, and I have not adjusted yet. No, we first went to bed at like 8 o'clock. I don't know. We're all out of whack. And so had dinner early, went to bed up super early this morning. Ready to go. Ready to go. So I'll set up real quick. Uh, together we run, own, and operate La Tavola Marche, an agriturismo in and cooking school in Piobico, Italia. Uh, cent- no, what? <laughs> I like how you just decided to say Italia. (laughs) Well, you can make fun of me. It's all right. Uh, You know, I will. We do a very infrequent podcast. And I think in the last one, we said we would be back sometime after Halloween. Exactly. Here we are, the first day after Halloween. Timing is impeccable. Well, to give everyone an update as well, we um, obviously, if we're recording this, but we are safe and sound. It has been a, a fall full of earthquakes out here since October. Um, end of August, I guess, but it's not that rare. This was a couple years ago. This happened also about two years ago. These ones have been more south of us, south of us, and more rolling. The ones a couple years ago were those jolts, and they were on the other side of the peony, but closer in distance. We haven't really felt them. We no. felt the big ones a little bit, but it's more like we look at each other and say, I think we're having an earthquake, mm-hmm. which I'm, I grew up in California, so there's no doubt really when there's an earthquake or earthquake. So we haven't felt it. Um, and I don't know because we're nestled in the foot. I have no idea. We why. don't know if it's the house, if it's the foothills we live in, but other people from town and from Urbana will say how they seem to, in the coast, will say how they whoa, really rolled out of bed in these things. And it's like, gosh, I don't know. I don't know if this old house just kind of absorbs it or the ground we live on, but yeah, we've been really lucky. So where it's been really big in Norcia um, is about. 200 and something kilometers directly south of us. It's a beautiful area. This is where the lentils come from, Castelluccio. And um, we've been to Norcia before. It's where I had the best plate of gnocchi I've ever had. And um, But it is really sad to see the photos of the um, church in the main piazza just destroyed. And whew, I don't know. It's been a tough autumn for central Italy, that's for sure. But from experience, these things seem to come in, in they're not single isolated incidents, so hopefully that was the, <clears throat> the last big one, but you never know. These, only, only the earth knows. Yep, well, we go forward. Anyway, uh, our season, uh, on to more positive things, our season is quickly wrapping up, and mm-hmm. um, for all things considered, for 2016, what a crappy year for everyone, it seems like. And what a crazy way to have started. I feel like we ended really well. Yeah, um, all things considered, it it, it did go well. We're already <laughs> ahead for 2017. We're real... Sorry, every time you say it, I think all things considered. Why? Because I have the headphones on? Yeah, and it just sounds like NPR. <laughs> Should we start this thing no, over? No, 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 I like it, but it just that's all I can hear. Sweaty all balls. Things considered. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, 
How should I? How, now I'm self-conscious. So how should I be talking? Just how you are. Maybe take off the headphones. Um, I'm trying this because I've felt like on the last few podcasts, one of us was louder than the others, and I I don't. I, this way, I can hear if one. If it, someone is it hard to listen and talk at the same time? No, but it's your voice is different in the microphone than in, to my ear. You know what I mean? Gotcha. This is was that really, really interesting. interesting for everyone? <laughs> Should we leave that part in? Well, now I totally lost my place. I have no idea where I am. We were um, talking about the uh, seasons coming to an end. Yes, yeah, so seasons coming to an end. This year, we're, um, we're trying to be much better. So um, trying to stay ahead, trying to get organized, trying to just be better. So we're already, <laughs> we have our calendar already out for 2000. Uh, 2017, which we normally don't get till, out till after New Year's. Oh yeah, like February. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're or, we organized the entire place. Um, starting, we st- we started it when we had uh, uh, people from Na- friends from Napoli, Andy and Glenn, come down, and we started just cleaning every, just purging, throwing tons of stuff out, and now. No matter where you go, every storage area, every room is organized, a place for everything, everything in this place. It's never happened. No. And Jason had collected and slash inherited a ton of just shit in the house that he just felt like he couldn't get rid of. Like, I don't know, materials and tools and... Not even tools, just... Nails and stuff like that. Yeah, just a bunch of garbage. And... um. Glenn was awesome to help Jason just be like, are you going to use this? Have you used it? Let's get the freaking rid of it. And I didn't realize that I'd become a, like a office supply hoarder. <laughs> the amount of file folders. I had finally gotten rid of the hanging folders that I had just like hundreds of, but we don't have a file folder. And, no. Uh, and it's I, the different sizes and everything. So it's like, what am I doing? This, this? Or boxes of staples of American t- type stapler that we don't have anymore, but I just have like four boxes of unopened U.S. staples. What how the how about the Polaroid? The Polaroid. <laughs> Wait, you guys, what should I do with this? I have a. It's not even like a cool old Polaroid camera, but just one from like the late from two thousand two thousands and one hundred and fifty. A ton of uh, film. Jason thinks I should get rid of it, but I just feel like. I'll do something with it one day, just like with the corks. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ashley literally had, like, garbage bags of corks. And I was like, what the hell are we doing with all these corks? That's for my project. (laughs) What project? I don't know. One day. It's going to go with all my yarn, too. (laughs) So we we did it. We purged, and we're organized, and I've been... Uh, every so time I go to the grocery store, they have these plastic oh God, bins for a euro, and I can't stop buying them. So now everything's in plastic bins. We're great. But I'm more excited about it than probably you are listening to it. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, other things. This year, Kim, uh, this year, in, last year, we tried to make sauerkraut with all our cabbages. Uh, the garden is flipped. The, the, the uh, earth. The earth is tilled, or not tilled, uh, turned. Turned. Uh, except for a little patch where I have the um, autumn stuff. So it's still the, all the cab- cabbages and the broccolis and the cauliflower and the um, fennel and the radicchio and the winter lettuces. So that's in a little corner, but we got it turned. It looks good. It looks good. This, it's, it's done before winter. I can't believe it. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited. We're going to try to get in this week. Um, plant some fava beans for the seeds we plant garlic this time of year and peas mm-hmm. um and they just pop up in the early spring whenever the 
ground gets warm enough. But um, with all of our cabbage this year, last year we tried sauerkraut, and that did not go very well. It's sou- it spoiled. We made a lot of it. We made a lot. <laughs> we got this really cool anphoria. Anphoria? Is that how you say it? I think so. Okay. Uh, at the... Um, at the like uh, feed store, it was really cool looking, and we made I don't know thirty forty heads of cabbage into sauerkraut. I'd call it a shit ton. Yeah, and, and it, we used all of our cabbage. Gaji was so he pissed, was so upset. Oh my god! And then when it didn't come out, he he <laughs> he was like satisfied secret. Well, not even secretly. Um, so this year, no <laughs> no sauerkraut, but kimchi because we did try a little kimchi, and I ordered all the stuff online, and I found my my super cute uh, South Korean girlfriend on mm-hmm. YouTube, and uh, I forget her name. Uh, it doesn't matter because this podcast doesn't provide information anyway. <laughs> exactly. But um, I'm following her recipe, and uh, I can't wait to try it out because I, lo- I really do like kimchi. So that's something with cabbage that – because uh, how much boiled, stewed, souped – like we got cabbage. Seriously, you. But I liked the stuffed cabbage you made the other night with um, using a bunch of the lentils and the meat. It was good. Well, we've tried. We're we cut out eating ourselves carbohydrates and sugar because I'm sick of being fat, and it seems like I'm a. It seems like I am a lover of pizza, pasta, bread, and sugars. Yeah, <laughs> um, and especially in the winter, yeah. Jason will. We're a horrible combination, or deadly, or fantastic, whatever you want, a fat combination. Jason is a bored chef. If he starts getting bored, he'll start, or cook, whatever, he'll start cooking, and just want to be in the kitchen making something, and I'm a bored eater. So, what, what, what's going on? Also, let's eat. <laughs> so. Well, it's not like, let's eat. It's like, I get bored, and I want to start trying to make my own sourdough starter and make bread, so I'm pumping out three or four loaves of bread a day. And even though, of course, you don't eat four loaves of bread a day. You try. You still eat a lot of bread. So I'm <laughs> um, not going to do that this year. And uh, No, I'm not going to do that this year. <laughs> and uh, we... Um, that does not mean we will not be making sausages and eating no, them all winter long. No, But um, trying to cut out the carbohydrates. So um, I put, instead of rice, into the... Stuffed cabbage, which is what it normally calls for. We tried lentils, and, and it I worked loved really it. well. It was good, um, but it's going to get tougher as the in this in the early summer and the and the fall. It was easy not to have carbohydrates, oh, yeah. it's like not to have potatoes or rice or bread or anything because the vegetables were awesome. Well, now as we go into it's the changing. winter, it's ch- it's a change in and to not eat potatoes is not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And gosh, I'm trying to think with some of the other projects. We've got to do the um, bushes. Yeah. Oh, my God. We didn't do any of the trimming of <laughs> No, because we thought, we're out of here. We thought we were out of here. So we didn't do any of the trimming of the hedges or the uh, trimming of the trees, the pruning of the trees. Oh so they exploded. The hedges exploded. If, we get, if I wait to do it in, uh, and there's snow, um, the, tr- the bushes will just fall over. They're and huge. this is a serious project. It is thinning it out, cutting it down. Yeah, not trimming. It's not like the hedge trimmer. This no. is going into the plant and taking branches out with the uh, trunk around. What's a trunk around called? Um, uh, what's the, it's a oh. tree trimmer. Um, um, it's a big, huge, like s- pruner, s- pruner, <laughs> giant pruner thing. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't again, little on the information. Listen, here's the, here's the, here, I know you're thinking what an idiot. Well, the thing is I'm from the suburbs and then we lived in New York city in the States. So I don't know what this 
the big tree trunk trimmer thing is called that cuts down, you know, mm-hmm. not the big main stalk, but the big branches. Branches. I don't know what the hell that's called in English. Me neither. It's, people ask me that about the mushrooms and the wildflowers all the time. It's like, I had no idea before we moved here. And then I've learned some form of Italian, whether I could be pronouncing it right or wrong, or I learned in dialect, but I have no idea what it is in English. But <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, you know, something else that's going on out here right now is uh, not a crisis by any means, but um, people are stocking up on olive oil, and oh, yeah. we sure did. Yeah, 2016 olive oil harvest in pretty much all of Italy is ruined because of some kind of larva in the fruit or in the tree. Um, a little bit of both. Well, Marco was having problems. Um, uh, the guy Marco's way for the wine tours and our buddy, um, he's more in the Senegalia Ostra area, and he has some vines and some olive trees as well. And we've gone and picked olives and done the whole press with him. And he said this year, niente, that the um, little vermine, the little worms, laid eggs, and that the olives are all holed up and eaten up, and. Um, it sounds like this is widespread. I don't know if it's also the um, kind of, not mites, but the things that get into the trees and whatnot. But yeah, people are stocking up and the price is supposed to skyrocket. Um, so what we did is everyone that, that we know is buying um, 2000, stocking up right now for 2015 olive oil. So last year's wasn't as bad, I guess. And um I don't. I got nervous, so I bought. A, I bought almost two hundred liters. Um, yeah, and I th- forgot to mention what Marco was saying was that last winter the winters aren't getting cold enough, mm-hmm. and so we're not getting these freezes that kill these things off earlier. So, whew, I don't know what the prices are going to be in the states. It's going if it's going to climb like this here. Well, or, I think the states will stay the same because they have the fake stuff. <laughs> they, well, no, because people in the states aren't going to know that it's not as good. So while here the price oh. will go down, there it'll stay the same. So just so you know, if you're going to go to a fancy schmancy store and spend a bunch of money on olive oil, um, make sure it's not this year's. <laughs> or start looking like we've talked about before at other places: Greece, oh, Greece, and, Turkey, mm-hmm. um, Spain. They all have really nice olive oils. So with the ending of the season, we do our annual forage slaughter butcher and our chickens have been laid to rest another winter, but we, this is the first time ever we kept the rooster. Normally he's the first to go because it's like this SOB is, has been tormenting me and the children for months. (laughs) So we're ready to put him down. But this year, I loved our little Rustino and our little Mezzogallo. He was such a gentleman and so very beautiful and would, uh, he was just very enjoyable. So we did not want to kill him. No, he's small. Well, you you said it two different ways, but he's a small rooster. So he's half the size Oh, yeah, I didn't say it. A third of the size of a normal rooster. So the hens are kind of bigger than he is, um, which made him non-aggressive and just funny. He was really funny. And he was a fast freaking runner, too. But he would wait for all the ladies to come down into the coop at night before he would go in. And it was great. So um, we wanted to make sure that we didn't. Um, kill the rooster, and Gaji did not want him to go either. So we <laughs> we gave him to Carolyn and Luke, our sweet Dutch neighbors down the road, because they have four hens. And um, Gaji was like, "Listen, do not let anything happen to that rooster. If I find out they get, if they let that rooster get killed, I'm coming over and giving them four 
hits with a switch or something like that. It was really weird and old school, but everyone has a thing for this elegante rooster. So it was sweet because within the first day, Luke sent an email that the adventures continue for the rooster along our valley because we were given him as a gift after pizza night one night as payment or thanks for pizza from another neighbor. So this sweet rooster has lived in three homes along our valley here. He's been in the mount. He's been in the jaws of a fox. Uh-huh. He was in the jaws of Soom, uh, the Dutch neighbor's dog, <laughs> as a nice welcome. <laughs> but their, their hens have taken to him, and he's quite happy. So our, um, our coop, we couldn't keep him for the winter because it's time to do a whole coop tear down restoration clean out and rebuild yeah it's been it's been a few years it's been yeah six seven years now so it was the coop excuse me the coop was coop (laughs) the coop was mainly made out of scrap wood and crap we found and like pallets that we broke up so you know it doesn't last forever and um we there's a good six inches of just like decomposing hay and you know you scrape it out as best you can but when you have chickens in there they trample it tramp it down so we'll go in there with pickaxes and like it's gonna break it up and put gravel down this time yeah we're gonna put down some crushed we've we've learned we now we know some better things we would like to do for the cleanliness or just the ease of cleaning the coop and stuff but But for heaven's sake if you're going to get chickens or have chickens do not spend a lot of money on their coop what about the william sonoma ones jay crap one day we with like the shingle siding like or like (laughs) i know for you they're they're like pets but they're not their chickens really you don't need you don't a, name them no you don't need a, <laughs> thousands of dollars or thousands of euros worth of hen house it, it really can be much much simpler i remember what magazine or something we were showing gaji once someone left him like a i don't know real modern simple farmer or, or re- something. something like that and in the back was this hen house you can get and it looked like the, you know the taj mahal of of hen houses and uh we showed this to gaji and he couldn't he didn't believe it he was like i can't you america jesus well because they still poop wherever they want like it's so funny but <laughs> I don't know. seriously crappy plywood and um you know or uh uh pallets broken up that you fashion into something is all they really need yeah, not much at all. So, um, another project for you, Jeff. Yeah, I got you. Get on that. Um, gosh, so also with the Forge Slaughter Butcher, we went truffle hunting. And <laughs> what? Why did you say it like that? Uh, because people think it's really magical and stuff. It was fun. Uh, in all um, honesty, we didn't find anything. <laughs> um, so, we met at the house, went into the woods. I won't disclose our exact locations because that is sworn to secrecy as truffle truffles come back to the same spot each year so we um tramped into the woods but the weather this was i guess the ideal week and the ideal conditions and last year um during these days uh more truffles were found than the whole season and you know the whole rest of the year so he was like this is the time these are the spots to be but the ground was just too hard. And so even some of um, the truffle hunter, Giuseppe, who we went with, he had gone earlier that morning also and had found a few white truffles and to bring us in in case we didn't find any to give to the guests. And, um, and they were very flattened. And he was saying it's because there's just not enough uh, 
moisture and give in the ground right now for them to have more room to expand and we really needed, we needed rain earlier later in the summer to make the ground kind of soften up well right? we've had some good rain too he was saying but it just didn't penetrate it wasn't the right kind of rain i mm, guess whatever. but um it was a beautiful afternoon to go into the woods even if we didn't find anything and it's um always really interesting to hear different truffle hunters t- um and their relationship with their dogs and to hear their crazy stories and he talked about one guy out here who truffle hunts all day into the night and you can only have two dogs with you at a time in the woods and he calls his daughter on a walkie-talkie and she'll meet him into the woods with another dog if his dogs get tired and it is just cutthroat and even this trouble hunter said that um two years ago one of his dogs was um poisoned with um pulpette with the um meatballs and he is 26 and it's interesting and cool to see some of these younger guys getting into it and i said you know oh did you used to go mushroom or truffle hunting with your dad and he was like well Kind of. He wasn't, it wasn't a sentimental reason to continue. He said, I'm sick of soccer. And what else do you do? Yeah, football. What else do you do on a Friday or Saturday when you're done with work? It's a nice way to go into the woods and all of this. And I love the kind of simplistic. He was like, plus I saw how much money you could make. <laughs> so it's not a bad hobby. But it was, a, it was really nice. And then we came back. And even though we didn't find any, we um, had it lovely little frittatas with uh, the white truffles he did bring. So it was still a great afternoon. Uh, yeah, it was really nice. Mm-hmm. And um, so this year, truffles expen- are expensive because yep. there's not a lot of them. Exactly. Watch out for that price. They are profumatic this year. I feel like last year they weren't as strong. But there was more of them. There was a lot more. more of them, yeah. But this year, oh my gosh, the dog went crazy. Um, and he was telling us about the cues for the dog and the different ways he talks to it. And um, if the dog's just running around with his head up, that nothing's to be found and he likes to have a breed that stays closer to you so you can get to the dog quicker if um, a truffle is found if uh, the dog thinks he's onto something he just kind of does a one-handed like half-assed <laughs> dig if he's on to something it's double-fisted and the dog goes freaking crazy and to watch this uh german short hair pointer at work, I've I've gone out with a couple different hunters and different types of dogs. Spaniels, spaniels, and the um, the, the, the legato, legato. Yeah, I don't know what that's called exactly, but um, it's a cur- small. Um, I think it's in the poodle family. It? To it's be a honest, curl- it's, it has curly. But hair, this dog yeah. was great because he would get into the hole and sniff it, and then roll around in the hole with his face and then dig again like crazy. And sure enough, we don't know if it was a small truffle that either the dog ended up eating or kicked out or something. But we would then he then with his spade, um, his homemade iron spade, dug in, and you could um, pull out some of the earth, and it. it freaking reeked like truffles so it was obvious there was something in there he said though that whether it's um it could be the dog it could and also um insects will start to try to eat truffles but the main culprits in the forest are boar (laughs) and mice because they'll come from underground but Anyway, sorry, I got excited again. No, his dog was gorgeous. He really was. God he tried to eat our cheese. <laughs> it did. Um, Gaji, Gaji has German short hair uh-huh. pointers, and normally they're used primarily for uh, bird hunting. hunting. Bird hunting. Uh, they, they're pheasant and quail and stuff. They point. Um, but this one was a truffle. He was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. He was really pretty. Mm-hmm. It was fun. So speaking of Gaji, 
Um, today is All Saints Day, Ogni Santo, and he came. Oni Santis, scusa. And he came over last night with Rosanna, and we had a lovely dinner. The traditional dinner in the, the night before, or the for All Saints Day, is roasted birds on the spit roaster. So these for tiny, the hunters. This for the is hun- the tr- well, this is the hunters in the countryside. So last night we had these little tiny bird game birds on the uh, spit roaster with. It goes a bird, a piece of pancetta, a bird, a piece of pancetta, and then with sausages as well because uh, Rosanna doesn't like the little birds. But you, these little birds are like soft-shell crabs in the sense that you eat the whole thing. Their, their bones are hollow and really – like they're, they're nothing to them. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that you're supposed to leave over is the beak. Yep. And honestly, the little heads are the, be- are, are the best <laughs> I always give Jason and Gaji the heads. They are good. And you fill them with um, a little like garlic, I think, and you put a, juniper. You put a little piece of garlic, a little piece of juniper, a piece of um, sage, and then salt and pepper all over. And you put them on the spit roaster. And they need the fat from the, the – um, they need the fat f- – I'm sorry. I'm not talking into the microphone. They need – see? They need the fat from the pancetta. Otherwise, they're, they're dry. And you know they're cooked when their little heads and necks don't flop around anymore. <laughs> God, she's like, ah, look, look. Look how they're rigid now. But we went to the butcher um, yesterday morning to – especially because it's holiday. Oh, God. Grocery shopping between a Sunday and a – then you have holiday. a Monday to shop, and then a holiday is horrible. But um, Jason needed the pancetta and uh, t- was telling the butcher what we were doing, and he got super excited and was like, oh, yes, yes. And because Jason also needed the piece of fat. Called the pilota. And tell him about that. So the pilota is, or the, this is, the, best is, part. is the, at the end, to get the skin crispy on the little birds, what you do is you wrap a piece of primarily lardo that's um, aged or the top piece of the, the fat part of the prosciutto that you cut off. And you wrap it in this um, butcher's paper called cartapaya or yellow Mm-hmm. Yellow like paper, butcher paper, or butcher paper, and you light, you pierce it with a fork, and you light the butcher paper on fire. And when the butcher paper gets lit on fire, it makes the fat start to melt, and these little flaming drops of fat start dripping down. And you hold them over the uh, little birds as they're on the spit roaster, and uh, that crisps up the skin and makes them golden. It, it's just, it's beautiful to watch as the flaming fat hits the skin. The skin bubbles up and crisps up. It's great. It is. It's really cool. And we're doing it in the kitchen, in our fireplace. It's just a really... It's, you, it's really only in this, you know, only in central Italy, only in, a, in the countryside can you do this in your kitchen, yep. in the fireplace. It's just... I'm not only, but... No, it's it special. It was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And God, she's always so proud since these are the birds he shot and everything. So, And it is funny because Rosanna, nope, protests. She won't eat them, but she cleans them. And conditions them and uh, prepares them. And it was hysterical because we said, oh, these are so good. And she goes, are the birds good or was the conditioning good? And we said both. But it was nice. It was a good evening. Um, We also serve something... um this time of year, you will find sunchokes or Jerusalem artichokes. Mm. And they are these tubers, these roots almost, that um, you have to peel. And then you you can either, um, if you slice them super fine, you can eat them raw. Or you can cut them up and make them into soups or roast them or whatever. But um, the same, very same flavor as artichokes. Really delicate. And um, Carolyn, Kind of a cardo slash artichoke flavor. Yeah, what's cardo in English? Card- not cardamom. 
Cardoon. 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 See, I told you. I <laughs> never saw Cardoon in, in the States. But and- it was really good. And um, Jason made a really nice soup with it. And the other thing that we've been into is chestnuts. Oh, man. Okay. So uh, when che- we first moved here, I did not. I had never really well, eaten chestnuts. No, we I talk- was not <clears throat> into that. Um, we talked about chestnuts a little bit in the last one, but chestnut puree. Um, take chestnuts and you ha- they're kind of a pain in the butt to peel. So you have to slit them on the flat side. There's a round top and a flat bottom. And with a knife, carefully, you slit the chestnut open across it lengthwise. And you put four or five, you rinse them under the water and put four or five in a bowl and stick them in the microwave for one minute. And this allows the skins to pop off. And you skin them. Then you throw them in a, in a pot with a pinch of salt and cover them with milk and simmer them until you can mush them with a fork. Um, drain out any milk. Mush them up. Save with, that milk. So Save the milk. Mush them up with a fork. Add a little bit of butter if you want. Salt and pepper. And then add back the milk to make them, you know, movable. Otherwise, it's paste. Uh, serve it with meat. Serve it with uh, roasted meats, grilled meats. It's just... It's amazing and you don't need much no it's it is really not uh, rich. it's the same serving size as mashed potatoes no 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 <laughs> but it is my new favorite thing i can't wait to i think we might have talked about this last i time. don't even know even if we did then i'll i don't i don't do care. double down yeah i'll double down <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh what else is going on um let's see here um is it, is it time to wrap it up yeah, i think it is we got work to do i know well if you guys are looking for something to do next spring, don't forget about our April 1st through 5th um, consulting workshop on moving to Italy and starting a hospitality business, whether that be a B&B, an inn, a food and wine, um, specialty shop, tours, whatever. Hospitality. Hospitality. Um, check it out on the website, latavolamarque.com. We are super excited about that. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited also about the, um, the wine one. Oh, the bottling wine. Yep. We've already got people signing up for it. They said, oh, just out of curiosity, for some reason, um, for some reason, we're the only ones who sign up. Would you still be doing it? I said, absolutely. We We still have tons of hundreds of bottles of wine to Yeah, we've got a bottle of wine. (laughs) So no worries on that. But uh, yeah, gosh, I'm ready for the fall and this winter to kick off. I just, it's feeling it like a... The well, the holiday season kicks off here in Italy with All Saints Day today, mm-hmm. and then it's just kind of all the super, um, like little, little religious, thing. yeah, that you've never really heard no, about unless like, you went oh, to Catholic great. school. Hey, Ashley, twelve years of Catholic school. Can you tell me any? Uh, what is the next Catholic holiday this, that will happen? I have no idea. I'm just seeing if you know. Uh, it's going to be something before Christmas. Well, uh, well, of course, the, in early December there's something, right? Advent. When's Palms? No, that's in the No, spring. Advent starts because it's like the four weeks leading up to Christmas and you light a different candle each week, I think. I there can't remember. you go. 12 Ooh. years of Catholic St. Al's and Blanchett. Many, what, what? Many well spent. All right. Next, thanks. next podcast, he can test my geography that I learned in private school as well. <laughs> All right. Bring us home. 
Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Latavola Marque, uh, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E for our farm, in and cooking school. You can find us also at No Half Measures for our films, travels, and consulting details. And that's nhmblog.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at Ashley Bartner. All right. Thank you so much for downloading, and we will do this again sometime. Ciao, ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.